Hi, welcome to Creative Loving Spirit. Hear that? That's newspaper on the carpet. Been doing some painting, not walls, canvas. What of? Couldn't tell you. It's kind of abstract. Very kinetic. Um, it's a bit of a mess to be honest, but might turn into something. This episode's coming out a week later than I'd imagine it would be. I got behind on myself. It's been a busy week. A busy week of writing things and going to work, being with some lovely family and friends and that kind of thing. And just one of those weeks where I kind of underestimated how much there is to do. And I felt under quite a lot of self-imposed pressure to get this up a week ago. But for some reason, the energy and the time just weren't coming together. Maybe it's poor planning. Probably is. Um, And I wrestled with whether or not to butt-cheek it, half-ass the job, and uh, get the episodes out um, and and bash myself over the head to do it. And I decided not to, because I'm on a bit of a self-care trip at the moment, trying to look after myself. And um, so anyway, I spent the time that I might have been editing this last week mostly lying down, actually, napping, reading, generally gathering myself. So apologies to anyone who was looking out for this and it wasn't there. Thank you very much for coming back around. Um, And I promise myself, and therefore you, that I'll be a little clearer about uh, setting expectations in the future. Okay, so this week's conversation is with my really good friend. I'm very excited and warm and slightly fuzzy about this, is with my very good friend Phoebe Munson, a.k.a. Pimu, who is a friend of mine for uh, quite a while now and also a creative collaborator. And I was very much looking forward to speaking with Phoebe because she's a bit of a wise egg and she is one of those very heartful people who is also pragmatic and lives in the real world which is a bit of a a fine line to walk sometimes Um, so I knew that we'd have a good chat and we did we most recently worked together to produce a book which we self-published earlier this year having raised funds via a kickstarter campaign to get a first run of it done so it was a book that I wrote and Phoebe illustrated Because she is an artist, Phoebe. She is an artist and she has developed her own particular style and it was lovely to produce something with her which showcased her talents. Uh, That book's called The Case of the Thinking Man's Trumpet. And if you want to find out more about that, go to, uh, I guess, either her website or my website or maybe both. Phoebe's website is pmooink.com and it's her regular doodle blog I think is probably what you call it Phoebe has for the better part of the last two years been 
publishing a doodle a day on her website, which has become a bit of a platform for seeing her evolving style. And it's kind of like a, a live sketchbook, I guess. pmooink.com and I'm at uh, paulmccauley.net. So there'll be some info there about the book if you care to find out more. It is very funny and beautifully presented. So check that out. Right, I'm not going to say too much about um, the chat here. I'm just going to see where it goes. Uh, This is me and Phoebe in her living room on an afternoon getting into it. Depends who I'm talking to. Yeah. There's, I think there's a, um, a fluid thing to identity. Um, in that if I'm like with other people who draw, yeah, I'm more inclined to say, oh yeah, hello, I'm Phoebe and I'm an artist, <laughs> or hello, I'm Phoebe, and I'm an illustrator. For most people, I'll just be like, oh, I'm Phoebe and I'm a doodler. A doodler. Uh, a doodler, because I think everyone doodles, so it's kind of, mm. it feels safe. It feels nice and safe as a way of identifying identifying um yeah having like a practice because i think because everyone doodles it's kind of you're instantly in there with like oh we've got something in common okay Um, and also like i'm an artist that like raises expectations so many expectations and there's always like a part of you in the back of your head that goes and what (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) what is art (laughs) right you know that like real sabotage but that you know so if you're so if you're with people who have who are artists or or drawers yeah um you're more likely to so to, to like claim the title of yeah. artist and what what is that because you feel like more comfortable in that or there's more understanding of what might that might involve i think it uh yeah yes and I think also it's about um, some, like, no one going, oh, that's not a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, if, if other people are sort of saying, oh, yeah, I'm an artist, you go, oh, I'm an artist too, because that kind of it removes yeah. the baggage of it. Whereas if you introduce yourself to someone, it's like, oh, hi, I'm, you know, I work in the NHS. It's like, oh, I'm Phoebe, I work in the NHS and I, and I doodle. It kind of doesn't feel as, like, pretentious. I think it's a pretentious thing. Ah. Um, yeah, that's, like, really English to say, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the pretentious... Oh, God, I don't want to, like, tell people what I do in case it sounds like I do too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think 
think very highly of yourself. Yeah, oh, God, you think too much of an artist, really? (laughs) (laughs) Have you never been to a gallery? (laughs) Where where does that come from, though? Because actually, it's funny that you say that, because in a way I could imagine it working more likely to work the other way, in that, I don't know, like if, if it were me, like I'd feel less inclined to describe myself as whatever particular kind of creative if I was stood next to someone who did that really well I'd probably be a bit more like oh well yeah I mean I'd do a little bit but I don't really but do you know what I mean and then with other people there is or with with um people who don't have that kind of practice uh to you can own it a bit more because they have some distance to it and from the outside looking at him they go oh wow artists when you when you Oh, no, I know. your reality is maybe different than their expectation. Yeah. Don't know if that makes sense. I think for the yeah, no, it does make sense. Mm. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe it's like a bit tribal. If it's kind of like, oh, artists, this is my tribe. There's right. that kind of, oh, we are same thing that goes on. Um, I think it's also like I th- I I am pretty confident that at some point. You, if you're a creative, you struggle with the like claiming the title of being an artist. Yeah. Um. So I think like it, and I think that's probably one of the. It's the that kind of that moment of oh hello I see you, you we we are the same. That's kind of easy, but also there's something about being able to go oh, you the the thing you do the thing you do is amazing, and I might not think I'm as good as you. But I can learn from you, so hello, I'm here, and I'm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it's I don't like. I'm not threatened by other artists if they're better than me, um, because there are many of people, many people who are, um, and that often they can share something to make you better. Oh, that's. Which is nice. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like there's a bit of a sense of being part of an artistic community. Yeah. Rather than like in competition or like awestruck by them, is yeah, yeah. I think it is. Well, I think most people are like. I don't know, and I think probably because I've done theatre and stuff as well. Mm. That's like a really that has to be a collaborative effort. I mean, even a one man show, it's never just one person on stage. There's always like, the backstage crew or the person that yeah. drove your costumes to the theatre. Like it, you know, and I think yeah. Um, yeah, most artists, there is a there's a community thing that goes on. Do you feel like you're part of an artistic community? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah. how how how, um, how do you describe that community? How did you find yourself a part of it? I think most of them are just my friends, hmm. which is nice. And, yeah, I think... In the same sort of discipline or in different kind of... Oh, in all sorts of different disciplines. And right. I think there's... Um, well, I don't know. I like. I think, quite, and well, like core belief. I think that art is a skill, or any sort of creative thing is a skill. Very few people, unless you're like Mozart, are going to pick up a violin at the age of four and be able to play a concerto. Like, mm. it's just that's just not like people spend years and years working at it. So if if you're spending years working at it, you end up in the same places where other people are working at it. Yeah. Um, whether that be in sort of theatre spaces or like artist open houses and things Um, and also because it's a skill 
anyone can tap into it. So more people are creative than I think even they know. So actually, there's something about uh, if you're if you're just rocking up somewhere and you're doing it, and that's I think why I like drawing because it's it's so portable. Mm. Um, you know, you can't like it's very well, you can, but it's very difficult to move a piano around. Like that's a, that tends to be more solitary, even though it kind of is more expressive. Whereas you can just carry a sketchbook around, and you could just like, you know be sitting on a dock somewhere drawing a house in France and people come down and sit next to you and you start talking about it oh. and that's really nice and yeah. I like that and um, the more you do that and sort of show up in the world the more people that you find who are like you yes um, and, and, it is, and that's been your experience has it? I think so yeah, yeah. and I, I think definitely through doing stuff online that's really been my experience. Like, I've found some amazing, um, really, really amazing, amazing line artists. Like, people who are using just, like, ink and dip pens, mm. sort of, which seems so simple, you know, compared to, like, s- sculpture or something that's kind of, you know, and anyone can go and get themselves a dip pen and some ink. Um, and they're just they're just out there already doing their thing, but it's by actually showing up into... And, you know, it's not a physical space, it's an online yeah. space. You connect with people more. Yes. Um, and I think that's definitely been true for the internet. Like, yeah. The longer I spend on my online blog, the more people I find who I are inspiring, which is really lovely. Oh. Mm. So, like, the more you share, the more the universe... The more you get back. Yes. Yeah. ...gives you. So, your, um, your blog is something that I admire about you and your dedication to, well, um, being committed to producing something on a regular basis because you published uh, a doodle a day for how long? Uh, it's nearly 700 days. Wow. Depending when this goes out, it might have been over 700 uh, days. Okay. So, wow, so that's nearly... nearly um, well, about two years, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so it's doing that and, and, and being quite open about your developing your style and experimentation and all that kind of thing. And you also do, you also share like time-lapse video of your yeah. actual working practice, which is, I guess, you sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> Not wasting time, but creating <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. What was my question about that? My question is, yes, well, so so I admire that. Um, Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, where does that come from? Oh, well, they're actually kind of, yeah. I've told a couple of different stories yeah. about where that oh, what's comes the real from. One? What's the, the real, real one story? is a bit confusing because it kind of, it developed over time. Hmm. Um, I think a couple of years ago... I went through quite a low patch men of men like really bad mental health. Like mm. it's probably the worst I'd ever um to the point where I just thought I literally don't like I can't find my own way out of this. Um and while I was trying to figure out how to deal with that, um there were a couple of things that I was doing regularly one of them was drawing and it basically was a thing that allowed me to be 
with people but focused on a thing so I didn't have to talk to them mm. so like it I think it was probably it was a kind of around it was kind of around Christmas time because I ended up going up to my auntie's house and it was either sort of for my birthday or Christmas so between sort of December and February time winter which is another thing you can't go outside it's mm. you know far north um, so I was spending a lot of time drawing um, yeah because you know if for anyone that's ever been through sort of depression sometimes you just don't want to talk you don't want to engage with people but you don't necessarily want to be on your own mm. there's it kind of you walk in this kind of weird middle space um, and while I was doing like my auntie's always been someone who's been really really supportive um, of everything I do um, but in particular my drawing so like she yeah she's always just been really encouraging of it and would sort of send me random cards with like pictures of paintbrushes on it just as like little reminders to oh, keep doing it yeah because um, I think she kind of yeah she recognised how uh, yeah it was yeah it's a, the thing that kind of that yeah I've always done anyway um, and then so I just yeah so I just started doing it and I and I did and I was doing it and I'd hit upon this kind of particular style of drawing which I found it really easy to just be extremely prolific in a way I hadn't been before mm. um, and it's probably because I was spending so much time doing it there was a kind of a real focus on it and a kind of urgency because it's that kind of escaping from inside your head into the outside world is really helpful and that's the kind of very repetitive line drawing mm. um, and then I was also kind of trying to explore different ways of meditating as well as a way of kind of grappling with depression um so that was happening and then I start and then then this is where it gets a bit cheesy and a bit weird because then I like I I can't remember what I was doing but I was carrying a sketchbook with me all the time mm. and it was the first time I'd ever like kept a visual journal that I was actually doing it but I have always had a sketchbook on the go so you know That's ever it. since I was probably about four or five I've just not always carried one with me and that's kind of you treat that like a journal or regularly yeah well it was just the the thing I did yeah um like I sometimes I've talked about you know it's having a daily practice it kind of goes I think there's part of it that goes back to um having a single mum who was working full-time like getting us to sit down at the table and draw was a great way <laughs> to engage with us and um, give us something productive to do yes um where actually that was also quiet because you know yeah. it's hard work being a single full-time mum yeah um especially one who's then also studying for a master's so there's kind of a it's you know you in our house we don't sit still we sit still and do something yeah. else at the same time and that's a well it's a great gift to well be able to concentrate and be productive and creative as well but also to learn the value of stillness and quiet yeah. and uh, and how it can be a gift to others as well as to but, yourself yeah it sounds like that that genuinely was helpful because you had a, a practice or a way of being that you could tap into later yeah. in life when you really needed to find you know for your own well-being thing yeah um, a, a sense of sort of stillness and focus to 
or whatever that was. Yeah. So, and then, so yeah, so there's that bit. And then the cheesy bit is that because I was carrying this sketchbook um, around, I think I showed it to a couple of work friends and you were one of them and you were like, oh, have you thought about finding some sort of platform to put this on? Mm. Um, and I had had a writing blog, which I have since deleted. Oh, um, I didn't realise you had a writing blog. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I was, which was, it wasn't great, but it was kind of, and actually because I was writing from a perspective of like severe depression, um, was like really awful to then when you're well again is really awful to look back at so like I made a conscious decision to delete that because it wasn't like yeah. healthy going over some of the thoughts I was having at the time um, and also why was I putting them out in public because it's you know um, yeah it was all a bit odd mm. so, but at, so it fell fallow as soon as I got well again but the drawing didn't stop and I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to be doing a... If I want to do a daily practice, I might as well do the thing that I've been doing since I was three um, regularly yeah. and just try and do it consistently um, rather than doing it for three months at a time and then not touching it for a while and then coming back to it again in a couple of months. Like, can I get consistency of practice across a long period of time? And. So that's quite, that quite a conscious recognition of like, oh, there's a thing that I love that I visit occasionally, but I mm. could weave that into my daily life. And and what was driving the reason to do that? Was it just to get for focus, to, to develop a craft? To, yeah. What did you hope to, to get from that? I think I just wanted to get really good at it. Mm. illustrations um like I've always really loved I love reading comics and manga and like and I, one of the reasons I love um manga so much is the, is line it's all about line and um I really love the thing I love about cartoons and comic work is this kind of taking you know life in all its complexity and trying to represent it but in really simple forms so like what's the minimum amount of lines you can do to say that this tree is a tree mm. um, and kids are really great at that is that kind of you know it's a brown line and then some green wiggly lines on top yeah. that's a tree um so like how can you yeah reduce things down to simplify them and then maybe kind of go from there into a Okay, so what can you then add on top of it to make it seem complex again, even though it's a really simple shape? Oh. So I really like, I really like getting into that kind of like as I'm drawing. That's the thing I'm thinking about is okay. Well, how can I represent this in a way that is unique and is simple and complex and kind of balances the form with the the thing that you're trying to represent? Yes. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. Yeah. Any design really or any craft is possibly trying to understand what's the minimum thing. What 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 can I take away until I can it, take away no more? Yeah, until it doesn't make sense anymore. Yes. Like what's the, what's the absolute minimum I can use to make this? Yeah. You know, say that this is a story in yeah. line work. So for the per for the reasons of wanting to sort of get good at something, you started yeah. sharing your work online. And what was the... And you've done that for nearly two years now. Yeah. I'm interested in what the effect of 
having your work out there and having it be found what what did you notice in your self and the way you thought about your work and and yourself having it out that's a good question well I can tell you like so I when I first when I first put my blog up I was like do you know what Paul liked it um, maybe other people will like it too, and maybe that's okay. And uh, but also in my back of my head, I was like, I can take criticism. That's easy. And what I realised, the you know, actually the at first, the input was really small. It probably took about maybe three or four months before, like people started showing up in the thousands. Um, that was kind of intimidating and mm-hmm. a bit stressful because then then it becomes like like at first it's just a commitment to yourself that you happen to be sharing and other people like it and that's great mm-hmm. um, and then as you start to show up daily there's there's a kind of you know people like people leave messages and it's really lovely when they're leaving messages saying oh you know I come here every day and it's really lovely and it lifts my day and that's really nice and I always look forward to like if I go away I always look forward to coming back and seeing like some stacked up drawings but then there becomes like an expectation that you have to keep doing it for other people so I had to go through a bit of a journey of don't do this for other people just do it for yourself because otherwise you start outputting stuff that you're not really that you don't enjoy making and actually yeah. doesn't land very well. So was that because um, you you were quite overt you quite overtly committed to it being a daily thing. Yeah. So when you say um, you went on a journey about how you thought about who you were doing it for, what did you notice? Like when you're saying you were doing it for other people, was that the type of thing you might decide to draw? Like, oh, this went really well, so I'll do more of that. Yeah. That there was, kind of thing. There's a bit like like I think it's really easy to fall into it like chasing the views. Mm. or the the readership thing like oh that flamingo brought in you know 500 new followers better draw flamingos <laughs> like and actually that's not how it works it's just actually i spent a long time doing this one thing and i really loved the shapes that i created yeah. so if i love it it kind of is irrelevant how many people love it yeah um but the and on other- that day the that world did. seemed to like flamingos. Like 500 people showed up, it kind of yeah. doesn't matter. And there's a big thing around, you know, when people choose to access the internet. Um, but also the other thing is the criticism thing, which is that the the more you create art for other people, or the more I create art for other people, I find it harder to hear the criticism. Um, so, like, it becomes... I beca- Like, I noticed I was becoming really sensitive, like, hypersensitive to sometimes even positive feedback would send me into this like spiral of oh my god like I'm rubbish why am I doing this and just and because just you, and it's just felt a, that you were so sort of exposed to all these people viewing it or well and they're criticizing something that that you didn't like putting up there you put it up there for, like I put it up there for someone else right so when they criticize that it's like they've uncovered the the fraud yes so that yeah, it's like, even, oh, you know, you know about me now. You can't <laughs> like, of course fall. you hate it. I hate it. <laughs> you can't even fall back on the, well, I made it because I love it. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, it's much easier if you're doing it because it's something that you wanted to do. Um, and because you enjoyed doing it and you were having a bit of fun and you were experimenting a little bit. It's much easier for someone to go, do you know what? I really like the form, but I'm not so keen on the way that you've use perspective here Mm. you think oh okay actually that's helpful to me Mm. because 
I was experimenting here and I was trying to learn. So criticism then becomes part of like a healthy part of the experience. Whereas if it's like, I'm just doing this because I've committed to all these people and someone said they loved like seeing my blog every day. So I have to put it up tomorrow as well, even though like I've rushed this, I, ca- I can't yeah. do it. Um, Does, um, and ha- and has, has the f- feedback been useful? Have you, have you found... Yeah. Um, things you wouldn't have otherwise if you hadn't had that yeah I think so I think yeah I've got a couple there's like the feedback's really useful the other thing is noticing the stuff that's just purely positive is really important I think um, I know about myself like I'll be really quick to find the one thing that someone said they hate about it and 20 other people have left a really lovely message saying oh I love this and that's it um so yeah hearing it all all the feedback all equally is lovely and also taking um you know it takes like some people leave really lengthy feedback descriptions and you think god they've taken like you know 10-15 minutes to sit down and write something this is the internet people don't spend 10-15 minutes on like things unless they want to share something so that's really wonderful yeah um and often helpful but also like I integrate like you have to learn like what is it that you're going to accept and what are you going to reject so mm. sometimes you get like a it's like oh you haven't used, it's weird the way that you haven't used perspective here at all it's like yeah because I'm trying to do something that looks like a woodblock printing yeah like you don't see perspective in woodblock printings it's all flattened 2d images so you kind of so like even though they're saying, oh, I, that's weird, I don't like it. There's a kind of, in my head, I'm going, excellent, it's worked, because <laughs> yes. that weirdness has been the thing that they've noticed. Yeah. So there's a kind of, you have to put it in context as well. Like, criticism is really helpful, and you can it, you can only use it if you if you put it in context as yeah, a creator. Yeah, there's a, a, a step of uh, translation... Yeah. or interpretation of feedback and actually dependent on what you're trying to achieve. But have you uh, have you developed any sort of principles about how you'll accept feedback? Or I choose not to accept any feedback that... <laughs> this is going to sound really like... So I choose not to accept, accept... I accept all feedback when it relates to my drawings. Mm. If someone leaves me feedback about how I look as a person, I'm really not interested. And that's something you really have to, like, sift through. And I don't know if this is just me. And I'm not, you know, like... I'm not unattractive. I'm not Quasimodo. But I'm also just a normal person. Like, I'm not Kira Knightley or Angelina Jolie. You know, I'm, just, I'm just a normal person living my life. And mm. occasionally I put on makeup and take a picture of myself. <laughs> um, and, you know, if, if you're coming to my blog to make a comment about that one picture in my, you know, in my profile about how I look... That's the kind of stuff I've just yeah. immediately don't pay attention to. I just like, and I, you know, I'll like kind of go, oh, thanks for stopping by, but yeah, you know, it's kind of a bit. <laughs> I think it, I don't think it's a bit. I think it's very. It's very. It's, <laughs> it's like really. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like it's a, it's a lot, and it's, it's not like that's nothing to do with the purpose yeah. of your blog um, at all. That's the thing, and I think that's the big difference between doing something online mm. and doing something in real life. Like, I've never created a set or made props, and someone's come over to me and go, 
I mean, I love the way you've created that sea chest, but can we talk about how fit you are? Like, no, people don't do that in real life, partly because, you know, selfies are much more flattering. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, it's the anonymity of the internet allows people to go into a place that they just wouldn't go in real Mm. life. So you kind of... um, And I think when people get... Like, I did a, a thing about Trump, which was just basically just saying fuck off Trump because I got really angry and I thought yeah. I just ended up doing a doodle of a middle finger that just said fuck off by the side and it, I called it dear Mr Trump and it was like the most frivolous and pointless thing but it sparked like this kind of like well you can imagine I wasn't doing it to be peaceful and open I was being a bit contentious yeah Um. so then there's things like that and, and you know people again if you First of all, I wouldn't say that in real life necessarily, unless like Trump decided to rock up my house, but that's extremely <laughs> unlikely. Um, the people, you know, and then people wouldn't respond in that way either because they've got they're behind a computer screen. Yeah. They've got a level of um, safety, which means they can voice exactly what they're thinking. So, um, which you... isn't always good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a lot more. The gates are open, aren't they? Which is yeah. great because it allows you to share work to get feedback from people who might not otherwise be bold enough to even come and say yeah. hello which is great but yeah it does invite that other element as well has the, the, any negative or you know some more difficult part of being having a digital presence has that ever put you off pursuing it or is it no been, no in a, and in a way it's kind of the reason why people leave really bad you know the same reason that people can leave comments that go oh, you're so sexy, you know, I'm going to put you in my harem, kind of. Which is like a genuine comment I've had from someone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Really? I, was like, I was like, well, first of all, like, thanks for making a gal feel special. I'll be one of many. <laughs> but, like, for the exact same reason that someone sat down and thought, yeah, I can say that to you because it's an- anonymous. Mm. It's exactly the same reason why I love going on the internet because... Up until I'd started an online blog, I didn't feel brave enough to share it with people other than my auntie and yourself and some very few close friends. Like, I wasn't sharing the thing that I love doing every day. So, like, you know, it's why why I learned to navigate it, but I try not to give it too much. Like, I don't try, like, I don't get, you know, massively annoyed. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I don't get annoyed when people leave me weird comments. Um you know, I just choose not to notice it because it's that's exactly the same reason why I'm doing it in the first place in this really bizarre paradox. I think I understand. Does that, that make sense? So yeah. I'm I'm doing the same thing because I'm feeling brave enough to share the thing that Yes. I I love doing. Well that's that's very it's diplomatic just, um, of you. Yeah. <laughs> well it really is. That's very well, if, 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 if you found a way to hold that line. Yeah, um, it's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's get conceptual. Yeah. So I'm interested in the, I guess it's the journey of realising what your creative offer, for want of a better word, is to the world and, and really finding what that authentically is, finding the thing you love and sharing it with the world, which is perhaps something yeah. of a journey that you've, that you're on. The relationship between that 
and your own sense of identity and acceptance of self. Ooh. And so my working uh, theory is that yeah. um, uh, I think you're able to do more authentic work the more you accept yourself and the more you accept yourself and the more you're likely to be able to share that. And I just wondered if any of that yeah. sounds true to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Next <that>. question. Damn, <laughs> um, I, I fudged it in making it a closed question at the end of that. No, I, I totally said, agree. <laughs> I could have said, rewind, <laughs> authentic stuff in the world. How do you think that is true for you in your experience, oh, nice. baby? <laughs> Interviewing expert. Comes with own pros, own personal sound effects. <laughs> but it's interesting yeah. that um, you the, you shared a little bit of what you loved, and people noticed that so you did that a little bit more. And my impression is you're much closer to. Um, this thing that's really important to you and, and taking responsibility for nurturing it than you were two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's... What do I think? I think there's... Um, so, if you're going to do a daily practice, pick something you really enjoy doing because mm. you're going to do it every day. Step one. <laughs> right now that usually the things you enjoy doing are the things that you feel pers- well this is just my personal view on things I'm yeah. saying you because I'm talking to you um, usually the things you enjoy doing are either things that you're good at or things that you identify with often that's both mm. so I think if you're doing something creative it's really really difficult to create something and separate yourself from the thing um, I've never known someone to be able to divorce themselves from their creation. Um, although I'm still, you know, meeting people all the time, so maybe there's someone out there who can. Mm. I've never met them. Um, I think I've I've always thought, and this is someone you know, like so. I, this is someone who. So I think I have quite a chaotic approach to lots of things. Like I'm really bad with routine. Um, so having a daily practice has been a has been a way of me kind of finding a sort of steadiness in a mental chaos. Mm. So if you do something every day and you nurture that, like the discipline. There's a great Frank Herbert quote which is um, it's, it's something like seek pleasure and become captive of your desires. Seek discipline and find your liberty. It's that idea that in committing to something regularly and saying, you know, even when it gets hard, I'm going to do this, you are able to free yourself in a way. Mm. Because, like, and it's counterintuitive because you think, oh, free yourself, you have to get rid of the bonds of time and management and planning. But actually, by committing to just a few things, you can find a deeper sense of self. Mm. Um just like if you're meditating or if you have like a sporting practice or like you know anything that you're going to do every day you find a you can find a level of peace in that you wouldn't find anywhere else 
um, and I think that's really attractive that you can tell when someone's doing something they love doing mm. and that's attractive to other people mm. so the more you do of that the more other people are attracted to that um, and by doing something that I do every day I have found lots of other drawers but also lots of poets lots of um, you know filmmakers photographers people who just want to do the thing they love every day in order to find a bit of themselves mm. in it um, and the more they do the more they're able to connect their personal experience to the thing because it becomes part of your life because you're doing it every day so you can't keep you can't keep it separate from your life it is your life it shows up anyway yeah um so yes i agree with you <laughs> i i feel really inspired hearing you just say that oh about you know making it an integral part of the way you live your life and of course yeah you're, you're right your 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 truer self will always uh, come through because you're you know, you're showing up every single day. Do you feel, therefore, more seen? Yeah, I suppose I do in a way. And actually, it makes one of the things that is really, um, in my my inner saboteur says self-indulgent, my kinder half of myself says appreciative and feel like warm and fuzzy is that on really tough days where you, you've had a tough day you know not doing the thing you love doing the other things that you do to survive in mm. life um, you going and find and feeling like people have connected with the thing you've created makes it feel worthwhile mm. and kind of allows you to tap back into it because you think oh that's you know you do feel seen and you do feel valued and mm. um, there's like a you know I'm not expecting you know I'm not expecting to wind up in the tape but it's nice that you know Cheryl in Kent thinks that um that she, you know enjoyed this that I like somehow made her day a bit nicer by sharing the thing that I love doing and yeah. th and then she took the time to share back that that and there's a kind of a it's a nice connection thing. Well, it's, it's deeply meaningful, isn't yeah. it? Um, makes me think about... Um, I went through a bit of a... Uh, I, I, I have been through phases of getting caught up in numbers, either you know number of tickets sold or number of views or number of listens or and all of that kind of thing. Um, I got hung up um, with ticket sales on a particular show yeah. and I was like oh my god only 20 people have come to see this um, but all of those people that's obvious are people like who are going to have their own experience of it and maybe one of them is going to really like it and tell you and, and then they do and then that is the meaningful effect of it and mm. it is kind of uh, it's, it's a bit cheesy to kind of say that but that does go a long, long way. And it, I think that's true for a lot of the different artists I've spoken to. One, one little, um, little uh, appreciation like that fuels artists for a long, long time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, that, that number chasing thing, I think it's, you know, it's so part of, it's so normal and part of human nature to 
um, try and gather the things that matter to you, whether it be ticket sales or, you know, because you think... And in the internet, it's rife with it. Like, you see it in kind of, like, YouTube influencer, like, like, comment, subscribe, mm. all of that stuff. It's all part of this kind of quick build your following thing, mm. which is important and is helpful in a way. Um, but... And like at the beginning of the year, I was like, right, this is the, this year I'm going to get 3,000, I made a, like my New Year's promise to myself, I'm going to get 3,000 followers on my blog. And then it kind of, you know, halfway through the year I was like, why? Yeah. Like, what, like why does that, you know, I couldn't fit all of those people in my house. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even fit half of them in my house. Um, like... You know, why do, why does the number of them matter? And actually, the thing that matters is the people who come back every day. Mm. Like, the people who feel connected to it and who take time to kind of come and tell you they've appreciated it. That's the the thing that matters. It's, yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, 3,000 of them doing it or one person. Like, it really makes a difference to, yeah. your, like, your motivation levels, I think, as a creator. Yeah. Um knowing that your work is being appreciated. Yeah. Well, and it just, you know, I think people people create things because they like them. So just knowing that one other person liked it in the world and you just, you know, mm. that's nice. And that's enough, I think. That's what I've learned this year. It's, that's enough. Like, you can play the numbers game and it's not even that hard. That There are loads of blogs out there that tell you how to get more followers or, yeah. like, you know the strategies for picking up a following um, but really it's, it's a fairly like it's, hollow exercise yeah it is a bit because like so what you get to 3,000 what's your next target 5,000 do you know what I mean like it's ever yeah. like it feeds itself but it doesn't really change yes it could be quite um, easy to get lost um, if you start with an intention around doing something you love and then get yeah hung up on like the numbers and stuff yeah um, you the way you talk about your practice and the blog you talk about creativity and drawing being something that's very accessible to everyone and you also talk about not being too pretentious or um, pretentious or yeah, not being too pretentious about it there's a sense that you think it should be accessible and yeah. I wonder where that comes from um, hmm. so I, I think there's a uh, am I allowed to talk politics is that I mean because I think I there's, know, is it relevant is it relevant yeah. is it relevant to the question it is you? and I promise I won't go off on one all right then. <laughs> don't stick your middle finger stick up at Trump. any world leader someone off in America would yeah. you do this if he was your head of state? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's called satire. It's not yeah. satirical. It's a little finger. It's not sophisticated satire. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty much my response. <laughs> I mean, it's satire. It's not great satire, but that's my excuse. And your honour, I'm sticking to it. No, um, I think there's a thing. So right. So there's a the, first of all, it really like elitism annoys me. It really annoys me because. Um, what gives anyone the right to say you can't do this mm. you can't like people have been drawing in caves like people have been drawing in caves for mm, hundreds of thousands of years like humanity it, out, it outputs creative things right yeah. it's, it's the thing that 
defines us as a species. So to sit there and say, oh, you can't, sorry, that's not art. That annoys me. It's mm-hmm. like... The arbiters yeah. of taste or craft or oh. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, don't, you don't have to buy it and put it in your house if you don't like it. But you can't, like... You should, no one should... Like, everyone should be encouraged to, to create because it's just part of you. And whether that's people growing food in their back garden or people cooking for their family or people doodling or people making music or Mm. people you know putting stuff in a spreadsheet however people choose to get their inner thoughts out into the world that's Mm. just gonna happen anyway so stop trying to put boundaries around it it's annoying (laughs) (laughs) so that's the there's there's like a genuine like anger that feeds that kind of art really is for everyone 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 has an opinion on it yeah um that everyone can disagree or agree on stuff um like it literally like even kids can even kids can look at something and say oh i don't like that i like that one instead like do you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. there for everyone um and I, and i also think so i was really lucky enough in that i had so my my grandfather bought me my first watercoloring set and was an art teacher and he um you know, for him it was just about it was it was the thing that's fun to do and everyone can do it and you know, of course you get a seven year old a watercolouring set. Like that's just of course, like it's perfect. She'll just sit there, she'll make a mess and then it's watercolour, it'll tidy it up at the end. Um but that kind of that kind of encouraging people to do it early on will always make an artist. Like if you if a kid has a good art teacher early on whether it's their parents or a friend or like you will have an artist because it is just a skill like anyone who sits there and goes oh that's a talent I can't draw just hasn't had the right teacher mm. I have that really firm belief because it is it's a skill and you, yeah you might not be able to paint the Mona Lisa but um, like not we don't need hundreds of Mona Lisas we just need to, you know the thing that you is inside you mm. as a person so and, and that kind of makes me a bit sad. It's the same with singing. Like, singing's a lot... Like, singing's a lot harder to try and get people to do than drawing. Because drawing, you know, you don't have to share it with everyone. By nature, you, your singing's pretty noticeable. Um, but people often... I often hear people say, Oh, I, I, I think it's really amazing that you can sing. I can't sing. I wish I had a voice like yours. What a talent. Um, it's not a talent. Like, I've, you know, been singing in choirs. I was singing in choirs between the ages of four and 18. Like, it's just going to choir twice a week. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's showing up every day and doing a thing every day. You're going to get good at it. It's just practice. Um, yeah, so it's like... There's, there's like, an anger of, oh, everyone can do it and everyone should do it. Yeah. And there's also a and don't be afraid to try it because you're not going to start off great at anything like who starts anything new and is instantly amazing very few people yeah so um yeah i think like i i I try and i think that's part of the doodling thing versus calling it art like a doodling it's not scary everyone doodles Mm. yeah no like you know if you say oh do you think you know do you think you could create art (gasps) someone who's never done that before or doesn't it doesn't mm. gel with their identity. That's something really scary. Say, oh, have you ever doodled in the margins of a notebook? Everyone. Yeah. 
it's interesting though to come back round to that question about you know uh, are you an artist or a doodler <laughs> depending on who I sense there's this there's still a tension yeah. there especially around your own sort of sense of your artistic identity and how you describe it yeah I think yeah there is there's always and I think there'll always be a tension there's kind of you know I think there's so I'd like like a doodler I could yeah happily sign me up doodler on my business card whatever grand that I'm happy to identify as that artist comes with connotations and not all of them are pleasant and mm. some of them are like like really make me cringe and it is I think there is a kind of a, a snobbery pretentious thing of um, you know what kind of art do you create well you know I explore human nature through it's like but what do you do <laughs> like there's that kind of that you have to grapple with yeah. as a as an artist um, and you know there's also like a slippery concept of what is art like art is so subjective and everyone mm. has their own view on what art is so that mean makes it it sometimes makes it quite slippery as a currency in terms of talking about your identity mm. um the, and i think also there's like a you know there's there's like a, there's also like a self-loathing part of me that's like oh <laughs> you think you're good enough to be an artist like that's real that's a thing yeah um and I think everyone who's sharing a part of themselves like has to battle that demon. Yeah. Um, and if you know, if you come across anyone who's like got that sus to introduce me, <laughs> maybe they can start giving me sessions or something. <laughs> 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 like, like that's therapy, sessions. therapy. Yeah, therapy sessions. Yeah. I think there's that kind of like you, eventually you're going to have to learn to love every part of your identity. Mm. Um, and the tension with being an artist versus being with a doodler is that you know sometimes art is a bit wank. Like not all art is for everyone. Um, oh, fascinating contradiction. <laughs> like, well, not all. Everyone can c- create art. You're not going to like everyone's art. That's no. That's the that's the tension, isn't it? And it's that if you believe it's for everyone, then you're also opening up a a load of stuff that that's not mine that's I don't like that so that's the, there is a kind of a, a tension in the concept yeah um, it's like freedom of speech everyone should be able to have an opinion until you disagree with that person's <laughs> opinion <laughs> but maybe it's an evolving thing then yeah because a few years ago would you have called called yourself an artist on any occasion no and it wasn't until I actually sold a picture to someone in America where I thought not just artists, but international artists. <laughs> that's one for the And that's what I thought. Card. I was like, oh, I've sold something. That's, can I call myself an artist now? International artist. Yeah. yeah. A couple of people have said that there's, when they were first paid for something, they felt like, oh, I can legitimately say I am that kind of creative person. Yeah. Um, I spoke with another artist called uh, Annie Burrows and she was talking about she studied art at university and she remembers actually being in a group of them who were halfway through this period of education and they all made a decision they were going to from that point on call themselves artists 
that sounds quite unusual, but to actually take it on. But there, there is always a point at which, and it exposes, I think, um, some kind of value or mm. narrative in you, what, what that point is. Um, mm. And it's very difficult, I think, to have that be completely self-possessed. Usually there's some kind of external yeah. component to it. It's not like... One day go think, oh look at my wings! I'm an artist. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's interesting. That's, yeah, it's true. I can remember talking um, with, so I done lots of sort of Shakespeare shows and things outdoor, and I worked with a really fantastic actress called Joanna Rosenfeld, who's, um, yeah, she's just one of those like, oh, and you meet them all the time. Those incredibly cool, right on. Um, Talent, like talented, skilled mm. um, actresses, and she and I remember like and I had my sketchbook with me, and, she, and I remember her saying to me, "Oh, you're an artist, you're an artist," and I was like, mm, "No," and she was like, "No, you are. Look," and like she was like, sort of pointing out pictures that she liked that I'd done, and I was like, mm, "That doesn't feel right. I'm, I'm not. I'm just, a, you know, I'm just doodling. It's that kind of, I'm just doodling. This is, mm. this is." You know, oh, I can't stand behind artists. It's too much. <laughs> um, and that was years ago. And the fact that I'm still grappling with that, you know, some days I'll be like, yeah, today I'm an artist. Other days I'll be like, oh, <laughs> today I'm just barely human. <laughs> like it's a it's a constant tension. And I think you're right. There is has to be an external thing, and there also has to be a real cognitive. I think there's. The thing I've noticed there's often often a conscious choice to engage with um, yeah that kind of label for your identity hmm. I think um, where are your frontiers oh like space <laughs> the final frontier <laughs> um, where are my frontiers do, do you mean like places you want to go or like learning say, edges? Yeah, learning edges or places that you're a bit maybe wary of, fearful mm. of, but somehow drawn towards so that won't leave you alone at night. Yeah. Uh, creating, um, so there's something about doing a daily practice leads to a place of oh, better create a big thing of multiple things all joined together under one thing. (laughs) Like, you know, doing the book was the first kind of time and if I've actually managed to sustain an illustration project and Mm. finish it. And that was painful, but I've now kind of want to try and do that again, but more. Um, So looking at, yeah. I think other things like that. Doing things in real life is probably like a scary and what's the real life thing well doing like actual um doing a doing some sort of like actual show or something mm. or um the thing i think i'd really love to do if if i wasn't scared of no one showing turning up because that's always a fear when mm-hmm. you kind of stage a thing in real life is anyone going to turn up? Is to do some sort of uh, multi-discipline kind of uh, space kind of so you know you've got artists, you've got 
performance poets or um, comedians and um, dancers, musicians, like all kind of doing something around one theme so that different forms of art and get like engage with each other. Mm. That would be amazing, but blimey, would it take time and um, yeah, planning and, and thought and things. Narrative, because I know you've spoken a little bit about yeah. Without narrative's good. Yeah, I think yeah, some sort of graphic novel thing mm. would always be good. Um, yeah, or some sort of collection. If you were a Terminator-style robot, oh, that would go back into the past, not to kill younger Phoebe. <laughs> but we'll to give outside. her the advice or support she needed when she most needed it where would you go and what would you give her good question what would I give her oh um antidepressants don't have those drugs have these drugs <laughs> you're not qualified you don't have a prescription pad it has to be advice yeah. or support. Advice or support. Um, what age am I going back to? You can go to any point. Any it's, it's, it's when you're going to make the most uh, impact or why you feel it will be most needed. Yeah. I think I'd just tell myself it like, like chill out a bit. Mm. Like, it just enjoy things a bit. Like, like, I know it seems enormous, but literally in a year it's going to be meaningless. Mm. Um, and, you know, the things... The things you don't think are important now are probably actually going to be the things that matter to you. Um, so, you know, don't freak out about the fact that you need to study really hard or you have to have, like, your life all sussed out because here's the trick. We're all just pretending until someone's, like, just blagging it until, like, you've convinced everyone else around you you know what you're doing, but no one really knows what they're doing, so that's fine, just accept that and it'll be easier um and that yeah and I think also the thing I like I'd be like good job for keeping so many sketchbooks because I know it's like always tempting to throw them out but actually sometimes if you're having a block it's great going back over other stuff like old stuff and just like revamping it um, so well done for doing that. That's nice. A bit oh. of appreciation to you. Oh, that's Phoebe. great. Yeah, keep going. And also, um, yeah, and also like, oh, don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's not helpful. Mm. It's not healthy. It doesn't make it doesn't make you better. Just kind of do your thing. Um, compare yourself to your own standards and your own set of mm. what you think is right and like you know and good like if you compare you know that's like a just an exercise in self-flagellation to compare yourself to people who are better than you just learn from them instead is that a bit cheesy that's brilliant but that's, that's what that's i tell myself yeah. oh I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you have space for appreciating Aww. you know what you know what you've done recognize that things are working yeah. yeah, it's not all. Don't compare yourself. Enjoy it. Just black it. 
Blag it. Um, just blag it. You And actually, you get really good. Like, in your 20s, you get super good at blagging it. So just ride that. <laughs> <laughs> Till it takes you somewhere. Ride the blag way. Okay. On that note, then. On that... <laughs> Pimu. Pimac. Buddy. Chum. Pimu buddy artist. <laughs> oh! Snuck oh, it in there. Thank you very much for speaking with me. I've really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. Thanks. Just a chat. Just a chat. Talking about stuff, having a little conversation on a sofa. Mm. Isn't Phoebe great? She's so good to talk to. I really do recommend you check out Phoebe's blog, pmoving.com, or follow her on Twitter and see her work on a daily basis. Our conversation touched upon that recurring theme in these chats with creative people about there often being some kind of figure in early life, either a mentor or someone providing encouragement in those formative years, which has really, which makes all that difference to that practice continuing in adult life. And I so appreciate the links that Phoebe makes between the act of drawing and that meditative state or state of being in stillness, in contemplation, and that being an invitation to be with life but also with yourself, and how she describes the usefulness of that in her experiences of dealing with periods of mental health challenge. And I love the fact that her daily practice, her doodle blog, is kind of born out of wanting to commit to that. And it just seems such a positive thing to apply oneself so consciously to developing a craft. She mentions there other ambitions she has about, uh, about developing her work in a bigger scale or in other ways. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what that turns into. As I mentioned, um, the book that we made together, I think, was, I think is a really great showcase for her work. And so I'm cheering you on, Phoebes. I'm cheering you on. We have one more episode in this run. One more episode of Creative Loving Spirit, which I am going to commit is going to be up next Friday. And you'll find out who that person is then. It's a lovely chat to finish this run on. Thank you again for listening. Do subscribe. Come back for more. We'll serve you up another dollop of stuff on a thing waffle. Mmm. Have a great week. Happy making things. See you soon. Bye.